Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I am here with Nick. What's up, Nick? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Getting ready for your wedding next weekend. It's oh, creeping God, up on us. Yeah, the listeners must be so bored of hearing about this because <laughs> we're mentioning it like in most episodes at some point for about that's right. It's a big event, a year it's and a, a half. Big, it's a big event. But yeah, no, I appreciate that though, mate. Yeah, that's that's kind of what Nick and I have been chatting about before we start recording for yeah. obvious reasons. Cause I'm, I'm obviously wondering what's going to be on your your wedding soundtrack in terms of um, some of our guests and previous yeah. shows. Yeah, exactly. Assume. Yeah, like is is the first dance going to be feet by any of the artists we've had on this show? I don't know. Well, you'll have to wait and see, my friend. All right, okay. Fine and enough. like, yeah, and how much how much music from previous guests will feature throughout the reception? Okay, but, you know, because we obviously we got a cater, mate. Like, it's a big wedding, small portion of people who would listen to the kind <laughs> of music that we cover on this show. So it's yeah. all about that balance, actually. So, so, so for the listener, Nick got married what just over three years ago, wasn't it? I, I, from your reception, was I can't really remember. Did you have much, if any, kind of pop punk music for the main part of the night? Remind me. Um, a little bit, yeah. So we had a D, like a DJ that came and came on later on in the day, which he didn't play any, but I like had a pre DJ playlist. Yeah, I, I remember. That- I remember. I remember heard that sound by MXPX being played like but that was like that was before like the i mean like the actual prop when the dj was on like the evening part didn't no have any of that music. no i don't think so no we, we he had at a, all no no he had a brief of like kind of soul classics i guess really and kind yeah, of yeah 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 which yeah. is very cool and and you know i i remember enjoying it but i find that interesting there's someone i know obviously you like other types of music and stuff but just that you were quite chill about that because like oh you know spoiler alert for you nick like i kind of i'll need some of that music you know what i mean because like i'm just like it's my wedding i'm definitely gonna take advantage of having some music i love yeah play. i think you know the difference I mean? was the that diff- never a thing for you no no and it was more i think i was so like keen to just kind of for it to be like a good party for for the guests really not that you know that you're not doing the same but (laughs) i would definitely what i would say is that outside of you and maybe dan and maybe one or two others like they they were you were the only real kind of um contingency that that would be interested so it didn't feel quite as quite as maybe appropriate for yours where you probably got got, you probably got a much bigger bigger contingency who will quite happily get up and um probably yeah. uh, have a good old yeah. chin, good old uh i don't know what you want to call it rock out that sounds a, a bit good sad, old boogie to, yeah. to the classics um, <laughs> sound old and no. and also i th- i feel like that and there's enough of a crossover from people who aren't into this type of music like perhaps you or me are but would enjoy some of the hits and you know this is it and get involved yeah. so hopefully that'll be all right don't worry, you'll not be on the dance floor by yourself when a good a good Charlotte song comes. You <laughs> might might just be me and you, but uh, <laughs> that, that, I'll, we'll, I'll we'll see. I'll take we'll that. See. Cool. So, anything um, kind of on your radar before we dive into our interview? Yeah, a couple of things. I sent you a couple of things to listen to, so I haven't asked you about this yet. So, I'm curious to see if if you've done your homework, Let, listeners. Let's see if Nick's done some homework. I didn't send him much. Which one do you want to start with? Oh, okay. the, the answer. Okay. The answer is yes. I have done my homework. So good. 
nice, nice. Um, I think I only sent you two things. Um, I don't know if there's if there was anything else I wanted to mention. There, yeah, before we get into those, there are a couple of songs I've quite enjoyed recently. Like I don't know if you heard All Time Low's new song. That was pre- that's pretty good with with Pale Wave. Pale Waves. No, no. Uh, yeah, check 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 that out. Um, it's got a good melody on the chorus. And was there anything else outside of what I sent you? The um, the last gang. I know I sent you those those guys. I know Fat Mike posted. Oh yeah, yeah. This week, yeah, that was cool. To- totally new one. I've not, I'd never heard of them before. Um, and they've you plug in their basically their new album. Um, yeah, they've released a single. I don't think the album's out yet. I think it's coming out soon. Um, the last gang and the album's called Noise, Noise, Noise. But I, I like the sound of it and went through some of their previous stuff and um, yeah, you, really the enjoyed song you it. sent me was cool. Yeah, Sing for Your Supper, I think it's called something off that mm. album. But yeah, yeah kind of female singer, like that kind of. Descendancy interrupt us kind of gravelly female voice, but with like you know catchy kind of poppy punk kind of songs. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, yeah, all about that. Definitely oh, give uh, that new album a listen. Definitely, yeah. One thing I sh- I want to mention before we get into the songs I sent you is, um, do you know who are going to be fucking huge? That uh, Magnolia Park, like they're just. They they're keep, flying at the moment, are they? Yeah, they're just doing it right, man. Like, you know, they obviously they took advantage of that uh, featured X thing, you know, had had like Oliver Baxter and Kellen Quinn on on some songs and some other big artists, and that's got them loads of attention. And like, they just keep putting out new music. And it's really fucking good, man. I don't know if, if you've listened to any of their recent stuff. It's like, it's probably on trends with the kind of, you know, like Machine Gun Kelly, Kenny Hoopla, Point North kind of sound. So, you know, it's a bit like that, but not just, it's bringing something new to it. It's not just imitating all those artists. And I just think they're doing it right. And I was listening to them on uh, the All Punked Up podcast. Shout out to All Punked Up podcast. Um, and, you know, they were kind of talking, you know, it's clear they're going to be signed to a big label quite soon. And it's funny, I think I know which label, I won't say which label it is, but basically it was someone who I've been talking about uh, Love Breakers with, and it's a big label in our scene. And I noticed this guy, because I follow him on Instagram, he's now following every member of Magnolia Park. So I think they're going to be on that label, which will take them to the next level. And I right. think they're going to be, this time next year, I think they're going to be really huge. Okay, cool. Um, Let's keep an eye on them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... What did I send you? I sent you. Oh, I sent you that Felicity song. It's funny. All these people are like ex guests of ours, like Magnolia Park, Felicity, and stuff. Um, what, yeah. What do you think? Make of Felicity? They're um, they're a weird one. I think it's cool. a. I think it's a really big album for them, like sound wise. Um, oh, okay. I mean, it's, I think it's you know it's not my necessarily my cup of tea and what I'd listen to, but yeah, like if you're into into that that kind of stuff, I think it's it's just it sounds like a big album. I think Weather yeah. is the, the the track that stuck out to me earlier. You okay. heard that one? Yeah, I listened through the album. And like, yeah, for me, just because it wasn't really my thing, the album overall, because it's a bit like, oh, let's sound like a day to remember too yeah, much. Yeah, day to remember, just, kind of a true story of the year, kind yeah, of that, 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 feels, that era. Yeah, and that's kind of of the time a little bit. I think I know those bands are all still, well, particularly day to remember, are all still huge and stuff. But it's a bit like jumping on the trend a bit late. But when they do just the more straightforward pop songs, I think they do them quite well. Like there's that song, 
um, which I think is their newest single, uh, Wish You Weren't Here, and like a bit of a boy band chorus, but I, I, it's really well structured and written. So they've, 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 they've got it when they need it, you know? I think the album's just got just a big sound to it. And if, you, you know, if yeah. that's your cup of tea, I think you're going to, you, you know, you'll really, really like it, I think. Yeah, and they were another band, a bit like Magnolia Park, like the way they've been, they know how to play the game. Like they've done, they did a whole, there was another single from the album where they did a little campaign. They made it look like they, they, they kicked their singer out and they were like holding, pretending to hold auditions and stuff. And then the video all tied in with like fake auditions and then he was the best one. It's like, oh, we're going to use him. And it was a little campaign that got them loads of attention. So they're kind of doing they're doing it right you know cool and good luck to them yeah yeah nice guys yeah um and the other one was the new bleachers album take the sadness out of saturday night yeah because we're both bleachers fans and this is an album we've been looking forward to for a while so i thought it would make sense to talk about it i think well yeah i mean i think the songs that were released before the album are probably the strongest um but what i've what I know you t- you talked about the production of um, stop stop making a hearse. I think was the one. No, it was oh, um, how um, dare you want more? The, 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 yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, but just listening through the album, like the production just is like we re- just feels and sounds really inconsistent all the way through. So it's like, yeah, do you get do you get do you get what I'm saying? No. Yeah, I do. I do. And it's I think, really and weird. It's, and it's deliberately like that. And that annoys me a little bit. And I just think that's a bit pretentious. It's just like, yeah. But all the songs just sound like they've been completely mixed and produced by someone <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like it's it's really odd. Um, and it just doesn't sound like, like cohesive or like consistent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's frustrating because I think there's some really good songs on it, and I'd like to hear them. You know, yeah, <laughs> big production on them. You know, I uh, forty five. I think it's the, the the I guess the the biggest standout standout for me on that on that record though. Right. Um, and stop making the set. I quite like that one. Um, I'm not too impressed by how dare you want more, but yeah, I definitely think they're the ones those three that they've already kind of put out. Uh, Previously, so were. Not, nothing new on it that no. stood out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but just me. a bit of a bit of a weird one. Not yeah. just you know we talk about going back to you know we talked about with Love Breakers about like their desire to just kind of write records and solid records and something yeah. you can put on like you know on a vinyl or whatever and you listen to it all the way through. Like yeah. th- just this record just just definitely doesn't just definitely <laughs> not feel like that. No, unfortunately. Yeah, which, yeah. which you, but, but you know, you could definitely say that about some of the previous, previous um, stuff. Definitely, that's my homework. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Should we um, get just straight into the uh, this, ep- this week's yeah. episode? Yeah, I think we probably should. Um, well, yeah, we caught <laughs> up with um, Steve from the band Punchline. Um, so yeah, here it is, I guess. Color tan with the loudest cry For missing and activating you and I End up where we're not supposed to We all have a match if we can make the connection So when your time comes make sure you're paying attention to it She's sitting on the other side And sees her as he's walking by Um, Steve, we haven't thanked you for being here Thanks so much for agreeing to do this Yeah, absolutely Give some of your time, I'm, man uh, I'm just getting my, my Zoom thing set up And then I want to look at you guys <laughs> Say 
Yeah, um, no okay. Cool. Yo, hey guys. Hey. Okay, we got Chris and we got Nick. We have. We have. Nice. So I'm 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 in East London, in Stratford in East London right now. And Nick cool. is up in the northeast in Newcastle. Um I know I don't know how much you've been to both places. I know you've definitely been to both places in your sort of uh touring schedule back in the day yeah uh, i seem to remember mxpx gig with the get-go in newcastle yeah a few years ago yeah yeah that was that was a good one that was a that was one of the one of the best shows on that tour i think no you just was a weird time for punchline uh (laughs) i'll tell you it was a weird tour for us at the time why was it weird time at the time uh i feel like we were transitioning into transitioning out of our time on fueled by ramen and kind of back into being at the like helm of our diy operation and i think that was right before i went back i had dropped out of college to go on tour and then shortly after that mxpx tour i like went back and finished um which now i kind of regret i don't know why i did that (laughs) I didn't, like, I didn't well, go dropping out or actually going back. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I regret going back more than I regret dropping. Right. <laughs> but it was fun going back and being in school and wanting to be there. I don't know if it was worth the price tag for that feeling. Okay, I mean, yeah, there's something perhaps we could get into a little bit more further on, but um, just I mean before we kind of get into that stuff like where where, where are you based in? i have it in my head that you're based in nashville am i imagining that or i was in nashville for five oh, years okay. i moved back and i've been in pittsburgh um so i'm in pittsburgh and we're a pittsburgh-based band yeah 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 i mean i've always known punchline to be a pittsburgh-based band but like yeah i don't know where the nash well obviously you were in no I, yeah i was there for was years accurate, but... i was there for years i feel like there was I mean, Nick, help me out here, because I feel like there was a guest we've had in the last year who was talking about being in Nashville and spending time with you, and it was, it was either who was it? It was either it was either the guy from Car- the singer from Cartel, or it might have been what's his name, the guy who's making the last scene documentary, Kyle. It might have been him. Oh yeah, do, yeah, yeah. You, Probably Kyle. But I, I, yeah, right. I was friendly with both of those guys. But, okay. Um, but I was I was very involved in the in the last scene. In the documentary oh, okay and, uh, you, you would sorry go on. like i was a part of his team sort of and helping put it together like coordinating interviews and, and what oh wow as well as being in it of course oh okay but that's okay. the only reason i'm in it is because i i did uh work behind the scenes too that's how i oh, weaseled I... my way into that one <laughs> <laughs> no nah, don't tell yourself short man like uh you know punchline important band in that scene do you know what's going on with that documentary like is it are we going to is it going to see? Is it going to come out anytime soon? Do you know what? I checked in with him last week to see what is up. He's been diligently working on it. The pandemic, he ended up doing a ton of virtual interviews, which kind of yeah. brought it into a new realm. So I think there was, you know, that tacked on some work to the timeline. But editing is his forte, so I imagine that it, you know, it, it's going to take some time. I think he's going to do it as an episodic series um and i i he knew he was very passionate about the scene and was a fan and a part of it in that regard but he knew nobody like had no relationships with with anybody 
And to go from that to getting all of the interviews he did, yeah. like the, yeah. his diligence and perseverance, like once he got going, I mean, he's just not stopped. It's really, yeah. really yeah. impressive. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to seeing seeing that when it's when it's done. Yeah, me me, oh, me too. Me definitely. too. So so so, what's your kind of? Obviously, we want to get in the punchline stuff, but what's your kind of day to day kind of like? What's your home life like these days? Yeah, I've been waking up uh, around six a.m. I come downstairs and I feed my cat and I get on the yoga mat and I do a good morning stretch and then I go to the coffee shop in my neighborhood and get in a few hours on the uh on the laptop and i've been really obsessed with this app called notion it's like an org like organizational app and workspace app and i have been obsessed with like moving my life into this thing this week so i've been doing some of that and then um, we're finishing up tracking two songs on the new from the new punchline album um, we're kind of finishing two songs first so that they can come out well in advance of things and hope to finish more than just two in advance of the album. But we're we're deep in the trenches with that. And it's been super fun. I had breakfast with my friend David from this band String Machine this morning. Awesome indie rock Pittsburgh band. And I was telling him how you know, after after all these years of Punchline being a band, you know, it's it's like romance can keep a romantic relationship together and new good songs can keep a band <laughs> together. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know, in between in between album cycles when you're when you kinda get worn down and whatnot, you know, like you naturally go through a, a little law. But baby, when those song ideas start coming through and you start to see like what the next chapter is going to look like and sound like it, it like brings everybody like scrambling back. And it's been we, we made the decision to um, go at self-producing uh, our next album like we did okay. the last one. And it's very gratifying. It's very exciting. And did, did that did that kind of start pre or kind of post or mid pandemic? I mean, wh wh when did that kind of start again um, with 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 what's been going on the last year? Or so, so yeah, I would say the pan pandemic year was a was mostly just a, a writing year, and now this year is a is a recording year, and the next year is a releasing year. Cool. <laughs> It's the three the three R sounds: writing, recording, releasing. What about? I mean, what about kind of touring and shows as well? Did you did you have anything lined up, or were you? I, I guess I guess waiting on that front. That, man, what did we? What? I think our plan had been to write and record, although we had planned to go somewhere like you know go to. New York or Nashville or somewhere and spend, you know, a month and record an album and the pandemic had us pivot to let's self-produce again so we can hit, you know, so we can get moving. I like being the masters of our own audio. I want to be able to like, I don't like how those vocals sound. I'm going to, it's Thursday. I'm going to open up the session and I'm going to redo that second verse. Yeah. It must be nice having that freedom. Yeah, I mean, you kind of taught. Is that mostly kind of self-taught? I mean, do you make, do you do other stuff outside of 
kind of the punchline kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, recording, yeah, recording was very much self-taught. I feel like, you know, it started off with demo demos and garage band around like the 37 everywhere. Just say yes. Era. Um, that's around those, those two albums are, are for me when punchline became, or like the, writing songs more than i don't know the whole the whole band thing like the passion was like just the whole idea like i can think with my brain and come up with a song that people really like and i love and it's like our sound that's the that's so exciting the possibilities are are endless uh so i got really into that then but then it wasn't until like around so nice to meet you where it, the production became like, well, I, you know, I want to do more than this. And I had an opportunity to do some music for TV shows, like background music in TV shows. Okay. I don't know how, how much you pay attention to TV and reality shows, but there's, I mean, there's like a music change every 15 seconds. It's, it's crazy. Right. So if, and if you pay attention to how, like what the music is, um, it's, it's interesting is, is all I can say. Um, if you tune in to like the, you know, the quality of it anyways, I had an opportunity to do that. And, and then I moved to, uh, Nashville for five years, which was mostly felt feels like I got a music education out of living there. And that I got really into audio production there and kind of learned, learned that. And then we did our last punchline album lion, um, mostly in Nashville. And that was our first, um, self-produced album. But then we had Mark McCluskey, who's produced a bunch. He's like been Punchline's longtime producer. He mixed it, and he's what else did he do that you guys would know? He did one of the Motion City soundtrack albums. He did Weezer. Okay. He mixed Weezer Hurley, and a ton of other stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess what we usually do with these with these things is kind of go back to the start, really, and kind of I know it's be tough for you because you've been around for ages and Punchline have been around for ages, but um, twenty four years recently, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we usually just kind of do a whistle stop tour through through the ages, I guess. Really, let's do it. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe you just guys do have it. five out, five or six hours. <laughs> whistle stop, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, but yeah I guess maybe just take us a little bit back to the start in terms of where you guys met how you got together well actually I I guess maybe you personally in terms of your early experiences with music um, yeah kind of yeah maybe your your kind of journey to start with for sure Uh, we I met Chris in high school Um, Chris and PJ are the guys that started the band with Chris is still still a member me and him are the long time long time members and we met like in the first days of high school me and chris rode the bus together me and pj met on the first day of school and i mean we were just like there weren't that many kids in our school who had interest in being in bands as far as having guitars and drum sets so we found each other very quickly and had some other some other bands that you know were bands but never played shows and yeah, yeah punchline yeah. is punchline's the first band that really any of us had that ever did anything um and that was started when when we were i was six, i was 16 years old uh sophomore in high school and our first couple years i feel like most bands would have eventually 
started a more serious band and changed their name. But us, like it's always been Punchline. Our first demo tapes, our first recordings are, are Punchline, which right. is pretty crazy what you can look up on the internet out there. Uh, but we, you know, we started playing local shows and then more, you know, started playing more in the city. It was very natural progression to playing, you know, outside, let's go to Cleveland, let's go to Baltimore. Um, and some of those early shows were super, super encouraging so much that, you know, like our first show that we ever played out of outside of Pennsylvania, we sold like a hundred CDs or something like that. And we were like, we got to do this all the time. Yeah, this yeah. is amazing. And I always wonder like, what if that first show had, had sucked, you know? Um, so we, we had a lot of, we had a lot of wins in the early days because there was something really, you know, something really brewing with the whole pop punk thing that would, you know, later, later yeah. explode. Um, we were really in a lucky time, you know, you don't realize it at the time that you're yeah, part yeah. of this, mm -hmm. this, this bigger movement, but, uh, you know, it was, it was very cool to be a part of that. And we, you know, started, we dropped out of college and went on these like crazy long, uh, crazy long self-booked tours. Um, and that's around the time we started making our first like serious album, which is, which is major motion picture, which came mm -hmm. out 20 years ago this yeah. year, this summer, this next month, I think is the 20 year anniversary. And that, that album was really, yeah, that that's when Paul joined our band. We became a four piece. We got into doing like elaborate vocal harmonies and these like really long intros to songs <laughs> that I, for, I think we had this attitude early on, like, Oh yeah, you have a part for the song. Let's, let's throw it in. You know, it wasn't until later that we were like, let's try to like, you know, fell in love with like the pop song writing, you know, yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had these songs that had really long intros and we would spend all this time in the recording studio and it was like the dawn of Pro Tools and digital recording. And we were just, you know, immersed in it and obsessed with it. And, you know, meeting people at early shows that would later, you know, go on, like are still around today, which is super cool. You know, I one of the, so the first out of town show we played, the next time we went back, which was like, you know, two months later or something. It was this festival in someone's back, like a festival. It was in somebody's like parents' backyard. And we met Greg Wood, who eight years later, or yeah, like eight years later became our guitar player on 37 mm -hmm. Everywhere. Um, JT from Hawthorne Heights was there with his, with his first band. And I, I just, I think it's like, so I just love it so much that, you know, even within the first couple years of us, you know, being a band, there's still people that are like around or went on to do, you know, crazy, crazy cool stuff. And uh, we made our next EP, which is called the Rewind EP. Yep. And kept touring and things started to like ramp up a little bit. That's when we became friends with like the Bayside guys and uh, Rewind EPs, what we got signed to Fuel by Ramen with, um, which that came about. We were we were sending out like press kits to labels and, you know, 
I don't know, trying to reach labels through their their mailbox, which I don't know how effective that was, but it was it was frustrating. And we kind of told ourselves, like, let's let's wait until labels come to us. And that's how we'll know that we're we're doing the right thing. Right. And that yeah. really worked. That really worked out for us. We just kept grinding. And eventually Fuel by Ramen came along. And at the time, Fuel by Ramen came along and we got signed to Fuel by Ramen. And we were about to go. We had just self-booked a tour with Fallout Boy when when they told us that they were, you know, John Janik, who's now the freaking CEO of Interscope Records. Um, mm-hmm. He was, you know, after we started working with them, he's like, hey, you know, we're actually signing this other band called Fallout Boy. And I was like, that's crazy because we're going on tour with them this fall already. And he was like, that's insane. You know, what a small, so, so what a, you, what I a mean, small world. Do you, do you know where, I mean, you say Fuel by Ramen just came along, but I mean, do you know like where they picked you up? Was it just the, like from the live live scene that you were making waves? Or I mean, how how did that relationship start? I guess really, do you know where they, or do you know? Do you they, know? <laughs> we were on tour and we were touring with this band called Unsung Zeros who were a big, they were a big Florida band and like, they were like the same size as punchline regionally, but they had a big thing in Florida. Like we had a thing in Pennsylvania. And I think through some of their friends, you know, they got the guys from Fuel by Ramen to come out to the, to the show. And it was the end of a tour. We had been on tour for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And we were, we were so tight. That is when you want people to see you play. Is at the end of the tour. Don't go to the first. Don't come to the first show. Come to the <laughs> yeah, last yeah. show. And I, you know, there's there's a handful of shows over the years where you you know it comes along and you're like, oh, so and so is going to be here tonight. Like we got to play good. And so many times where you walk off stage and you're like, damn it, <laughs> we didn't play good. And I remember that Gainesville show that we like we played one of the best like the best set to date it was just incredible and it was like one of the last shows of the tour and that that helped get us uh get us signed yeah Um, so so i'm just jumping back slightly here because there's something i wanted to ask you like i i was i was watching your 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 musical thing the other day um the punchline music special the punchline music special yes yeah uh which which uh i enjoyed very much can i just say on Amazon Thank Prime. You. Although, although for our for our European listeners, I guess not on Amazon. You can get it on YouTube because uh, you you kindly sent me the the private link for it. So, like, if you're not based in the states, I think uh, get right it from the Punchline website, and then you can watch it on YouTube. So, for our listeners, nice. it's definitely worth watching. But yeah, I saw. I think it was you mentioned on it. Like, you just when you first started playing in the Pittsburgh scene, like you were surprised that you were quite accepted by other bands because like it wasn't really like a pop punk scene at the time and obviously that's what you guys were doing but you, yeah know, totally. like we were three part harmonies that made you kind of stand out so people couldn't help but like you or... uh i think that we just thought people were that punks were more intimidating than punks are when okay. really we were all just like extreme music lovers who would hang out in these dark and dingy places and and, and do and do music. Um, I don't think we quite had the har- the the harmonies yet, and we were more just doing a lot of jumps. And maybe they liked okay. our physical stamina. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair, <laughs> understandable. Okay. 
Well, I mean, what kind of stuff were, were you guys like listen to like when you just came together as well? Ooh. I mean, what what, what Ooh, were you into? Uh, <clears throat> I was into. I feel like I was on this alternative track with like I was a big pavement fan and mm -hmm. I loved like Weezer, Pinkerton and those two those two albums were like my 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 everything and then Chris came along and he showed me Blink-182 and MXPX and I just like leaned into into the pop punk thing yeah. but then the pivotal bands along the way you know like once Jimmy World came around. We were like, "Wait, we're more of a rock band. Like we we identify more as like we want to be a rock band." And then I feel like uh, the Get Up Kids were a huge a huge one for us. Yeah. Saves saves the day. Midtown, um, you know all those all those yeah, yeah. all those bands. Um, we were very much like it's funny. I think all of us have very eclectic tastes now. But until we were like you know, 30, I feel like we all exclusively listen to pop punk, you know, it's like 6am you're doing yoga, put on pop punk, you know, yeah. like winding down at the end of the day, put on four years strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, after the rewind EP, we were on fuel by ramen and, and we made the album action mm -hmm. with Sean O'Keefe, the producer, Sean O'Keefe, who did, Fall Out Boy, take this to your grave. We we visited them when they were in the studio making that and met Sean. And, you know, along the way, it's like always next logical step. Like, oh, well, these are the producers on our yeah. horizon. Let's, you know, love how that sounds. Let's try and work with work with him. So we did that album in Chicago and we stayed on our friend uh, Jason Link's floor, slept on his floor for a month. He let us stay at his house for one month. Super sweetheart, Jason. If you're watching, yeah, yeah. Really patient and tolerant that. as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that that album came out, and I remember that was a, a a big deal. We got a new we got a new van that broke down like on the way to the first show <laughs> of the tour. We had to cancel the first show of that of that tour. I can still remember being stranded on the side of the turnpike, and uh, I mean those those years 2000 2002 through 2009 we were on the road 100 like 150 200 shows a year i'm not sure yeah. i mean 150 yeah. shows a year feels like 365 shows a year i i i, I could say it's not but it feels like it yeah i guess there's, i mean were the shows getting bigger at that point as well and i mean what kind of what kind of venues and what kind of bands are you playing with at that point um yeah, those years we toured a lot with Less Than Jake and Fall Out Boy, Bayside. We went, we did a couple tours in Japan with um, with Fall Out Boy and one with Paramore and one with uh, Useless ID, which oh, yeah. I love. Oh, I yeah, love them. Yeah. I love them yeah. so much. Uh, and yeah, the show we were we were playing a lot of playing a lot of clubs doing a lot of tours, tours in the van thing. And uh, the music industry was starting to like rapidly change with the CD sales following, yeah. falling off and kind of, you know, that, that, that led into um, our next album, which was 37 everywhere, which mm -hmm. we did 
at, we recorded in New York City with um, the same guys that did the Bayside, those Bayside albums, like they're self-titled. Um, similar thing, like went to visit them in the studio, like, wow, these producers are cool. Like, all right, they'll do our next, they'll do our next album. Logical next step. And 37 Everywhere was, was super, was super cool and pretty, pretty well received. We lost a guitar player and we were having some tumultuous times in the, in the band. I think like at that point we had just been like grinding on the road for years and we lost the guy and, um, was an interesting change for the, for the band at such a pivotal point of like that fueled by ramen era. Um, Mm -hmm. It was it was it was challenging, but at the same time, like we didn't really skip a beat, and we kept we kept going, kept going hard. And that that album is by the next album is like people weren't buying CDs at all. We were like yeah. the MySpace era. It <laughs> began. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like Thirty Seven Everywhere was kind of released at the peak of the MySpace era. Like uh, right, right. Transition. Um, nice. I I. You, uh, I imagine you guys have might have some things to say about action in thirty seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure of your familiarity with Punchline, but I figure no, 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 uh, familiar. pretty familiar. Um, I'll you know I'll not speak for Nick, but for me, like I've you know I've been sort of listening to Punchline for about it feels like twenty years because I feel Action was the first physical record I had from you guys, but I, before that I would have like you know just downloaded mp3s or whatever you know like you know just heard stuff on pure volume and like i always knew it like some pure volume that's that's yeah. going back itself I remember, that is I re- short-lived. I've, just, I've just remembered something i remember like you know when i was sort of like 19 or 20 and i'd have like loads of posters on my wall and stuff i remember like cutting out the advert for fucking um the rewind ep and nice. like sticking like that on my montage <laughs> on my wall so i've always nice. been like but like action i remember is the first one i have on like and yeah, I can't. That's not. I can't see that on any streaming sites at the minute. So if I want to listen to like Heart Transplant or whatever, I always have to like just listen on YouTube, which is a shame because like, and like, and also that, I'm glad song, you said I, something. And this, and maybe it's just in Europe, but like the song, um, what's it called? The World. I always, I loved that song, and I haven't listened to that for years because I can't even find nice. like a stream of that on YouTube. So I this is an interesting one actually. I was on Spotify. Oh. I'm a bit of a slave to Spotify. But when you go to Punchline um, page, it doesn't have it in your disco- dis- discography. But if you search for like songs from it, you yeah. can actually find it. Oh, I'm interesting. Interesting. Sorry, sorry to be boring here. I'm just gonna have a quick look on no, there. It up. I used I used Tidal. <laughs> oh fuck! I can see tra- I can see Heart Trap. Nice. That's encouraging. Nice. And I'm just gonna quickly look for the world so I can. Oh yeah, the world by Punchline is on some compilation called Teen Beats. You're on there with Jason Derulo, All Time Low, Dua Lipa. What? Seriously? And it's the what? Yeah, is, this must be. Let, sorry, I'm, I mean, play I'm this, feeling so. a Jason Derulo Deru- yeah, collaboration coming up. Coming that's on really here. weird. It, it is. It, it is, seems like a big deal for us. That's random. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I can listen to those songs. Okay. Um, can can we yeah, frame they, the can we frame the release of this podcast as a congratulations punchline on your your appearing on the same compilation as Jason Drew? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make that happen. This is very this is very random. You've got uh, you've you've got Cardi B on here. And Our then, whole discography is on Bandcamp. 
That's like where our most oh, okay. comprehensive discography is. Okay. So the answer is yes, I can very much listen to action, which is good, which is good news. Um, nice. What I remember battle scars. That was another song that I, that stood out to me. I remember, but nice. be that was, the, that was the song that we like wrote in the studio. That was the last song written for okay. action. Those were days when we would write 12 songs and go record 12 songs. Now I feel like we write a hundred and yeah. record 10. Yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. It's just become an obsession. That's good. Though. And you know, ideas they don't go away. You know, didn't do that for the last record, but maybe this one's the time. There you go. There you go. How, how, how do you feel about action? If you listen back to it now, uh, I like I like action. It's I don't love. Well, here's let's talk about what I like. I mean, there's a handful of songs on there that are so so signature to like our our sound and you know what we've done in our in our history i love time in a picture is a fave of mine mm -hmm. and a sharp is a flat these songs are like a little more of their like deep cuts but something about the musicality of them um we were really into this band called red animal war who was like a random deep elm records band and they oh, just right. had all these yeah. fun little like musicality transitions, like cutting the measure short or accenting this like weird beat. And we were trying, we were like trying to do some of that stuff. And that stuff is really fun. And the last song, just getting started, is uh, a very, a very special song. Song to me, yeah, I, I really, I really like those songs. I mean, it's a. Uh, I feel like we're such a different band now, not in like a bad way, just in a different, yeah, just in a different, like have grown, have grown kind of way. But yeah, nothing, nothing but love for, for, for action. 37 everywhere though. I don't love, I don't love really? as much. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Uh, well, that's, um, one of, that's one of, yeah, it's one of my favorite. Records. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I yeah. like a lot. I like a lot about it. And when I say I don't, my I, anything I ever don't like, I always like. I like the basic concept or gist of most every song we've ever done. But I always grade songs on like the entire process, like I from see. the writing, and, the and recording. Was was that relative to kind of where, what, what, like you say, you lost a guitar player? Where you know your relationship with Fubai Ramen was it? Was there any like? Is there anything there? I guess that that has you uh, that way. Or? So yeah, so the. The, the guy that we lost, he was sort of our musical director. You know, I feel like most bands have a, you know, generally unspoken person who's like, you know, the, you know, the guy, the guy you look to just, you know, the, a validation. the, the music director. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as, you know, band members come and go, that dynamic can, can change. And it takes some time to like, you know, whoever the new person is in that, in that role, um, take, take, take some time. So I feel like 37 everywhere was a stepping stone on the way to just say yes to me, which is like, uh, much more like was much more like what we wanted to be and like a more, I don't know. I like the recording better and just thought that the songs were more like fleshed out or something. Um, yeah, I can, I can see that. They're like the production, sounds better listening back i would say right um, but, right you know, personally I, I i do like a lot of songs on 37 everywhere but 
Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I like we still play flashlight and green light, the light, the light songs. Mm -hmm. Um, we play those pretty, pretty regularly, um, in sets. Uh, the Fuel by Ramen thing, you know, Fuel by Ramen was great for 37 Everywhere, but it was becoming clear that a lot of our contemporaries were becoming platinum selling artists, which <laughs> when <laughs> for, for 37 Everywhere, we had this, uh, so we were like, we were like the only band on Fuel by Ramen at that point that was signed directly to Fuel by Ramen. And everybody else right. was signed to like a major label yeah. who said, when we're, when you're big enough, you're going to be here, but we're going to start you off like in the minor leagues down here. And it was kind of a, kind of a different thing, but also like those bands are great. Um, but when we recorded 37 everywhere, we had this apartment in New York that we were, that we were staying at and it was above a, a bar and the bar bars in New York are open until 4am. Sure. And this was at like the peak of dance, dance being a smash hit. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. They would play dance, dance every 15, 20 minutes at this bar. So I'm trying to go to sleep to like write these songs that are competitive for this record label that i'm on and like, I'm like god damn it not dance, dance, dance. Yeah, yeah, it's dance. just like coming through the floor like so so like comic so comically so crazy so funny um but yeah that was that was what was going on with that and yeah was I, I write sins not tragedies tragedies the next one that was getting played through the through the ceiling as well <laughs> I don't remember the time frame of that. That was they were so much they were so much younger and like weren't really yeah. you know, you I remember it came a bit like, later, didn't they? The big, Panic the big the smash. Disco got signed and they haven't yeah. even played a show. And yeah. people were like, Wow, <laughs> that that's crazy. Way. Like yeah. like they didn't pay their dues. Yeah. Um so the, yeah, that was I that feel like that was a little bit later, but the the yeah, the whole thing was wild being, you know, having a front row seat to that whole uh that whole you know pop punk bubble and fueled by ramen explosion was was crazy and such a testament to like you never know where the people you're with today will be right you know 10 years 10 years from now it's 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 crazy and you know jason who whose floor we slept on in chicago like he's a head dude at at epitaph records now oh, okay. and like he I just, I, it's just, it's awesome where, where people go. It's really, really sweet. And I always tell bands who are like struggling, like just stick with your people, keep working hard and like stay with your people and you're going to get some success and you're going to help them out and they're going to get some success and they're going to help you out. You know, did you, did you ever feel like frustrated when you saw, you know, some bands from that scene explode or whatever, and you're just thinking, Ah oh, man, Punchline have got better songs than them. Like, did was that ever a thing, or like we? I would say I, our. I mean, like, you don't have to honestly answer that one because you, you know, I know it's right. A, it's an awkward thing. The, what 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 I can say is that our approach was uh we saw a lot of people really like groveling all over Fallout Boy and whatever, and we're like, we just want to be their friends. Like, I don't want to be. Yeah. I don't want to like be hitting these guys up all day and all night trying to like ride their coattails or something. And I think in the end that probably kind of isolated us a, a little bit. And I, I, I don't know. 
um i i thought that their songs were their their songs were great i mean what pa- panic the disco fallout boy paramore gym class heroes like decade defining hit songs did you feel that. did you feel the benefits like from a touring perspective or not or were you kind of doing your, your other things kind of touring wise like what's big, that big, like big shows did you did you get the benefits of their their blog? oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure i mean we did we did a bunch of we did a bunch of cool we did a bunch of cool tours tons like endless endless cool tours um i uh i don't think that we you know we didn't want to we didn't have our sights set on that it's like when we started our band you know and we were going to see mxpx and um bands like yeah mxpx saves the day stuff like that we were like we want to be those bands touring in those clubs mm-hmm. and we never had the approach of like we want to be on you know mtv or something i mean i'm I, i'm sure we did but we didn't uh, we never approached it like that and we like never we had managers and and, and whatnot but but i don't think that we had we had a really like innocent approach to like let's like hustle and play shows and make friends and write songs and be cool and but then it was like later that we we were like you know we should get a we should get a manager. <laughs> but you, I mean, you say I mean you, look, you you talk about MXPX and you look at Mike now, don't you? And he's like one of the hardest working guys and like still, go, oh, still, do, still doing stuff. Never really kind of, they never really kind of hit the, the big, you know, the big time, but like he, you know, I think, you know, he gets more respect for, for, for not, you know, more than anything. I Just mean, the, he's created his things with Goldfinger. World, yeah, you know? yeah. It's so Just, cool. It's so cool. I look at him and I just think that he's got, I, I, I think he's DIY, DIY King kind of these days. Like, yeah. It's so yeah, cool. Definitely. A lot of respect for him. We toured with them that one time in in the UK, and uh, he was so cool to tour with. And I just, you never know what people are going to be like. And he was he was super cool. What a cool guy. Yeah. Cool. So I guess um, going back to just I guess the the, the split with Fueled by Ramen was there was that was that a straightforward split? Was it just a kind of the end of your deal, or I mean, how how did that go down? Yeah, it was pretty. It was it was the end of our deal, and I think that. I think that we could have done another album with them, but it was something like the timeline of it would have been so long. And we were like really itching to get onto our, onto our next thing. Um, so we, we ended up just, you know, not, not doing another, our contract was up. And instead of starting a new contract, we were like, we're just going to do our own thing. And we, we went and we worked with Jamie Wolford from the stereo, who was one of the earlier Fuel by Ramen fans. He was like the generation of Fuel by Ramen just before Punchline. And that was that was kind of like the beginning of of chapter chapter two or our our act two, I would call it, kind of going going back to our DIY roots and getting really obsessed. I mean, to me, like Oh, that's one of my favorite albums. Albums of ours begin "Just Say Yes" and "Delightfully Please." Um, but uh, yeah, we did "Just Say Yes" with him, and we actually went back to Sean O'Keefe to do a couple songs for that record. And by this point, 
you know, pop punk extraordinaire producer Sean O'Keefe had mellowed out and was drinking wine and putting on the Beach Boys in between takes or, you know, in, when we would take breaks and like played me all this cool music and showed me the band Phoenix. And I'm like, that that's when I was like, there's a lot more beyond punk. <laughs> what, what is all this? And uh, props to Sean for opening my eyes to to a lot of new, you know, new music and whatnot. And um, just say yes, we did a bunch of touring, and it's crazy what we what we put into that album as an effort. You know, self release started a record label called Modern Short Stories and released the album on that and had our like you know album in stores on end caps and it was all this like diy operation it was really interesting to go from fuel by ramen to our own thing but it was like a pretty pretty big you know we we bit off a lot on that album yeah. as far as like the starting a record label thing and then the next album delightfully pleased paul who had been in the band for action and rewind dp came back to the band and uh, i always like i feel like i don't know how familiar you guys are with that with that album i feel like we were trying to make something that was more akin to action and it wasn't it wasn't received how we thought it would be not that it was poorly received but i don't think that the fans heard it that heard it that way yeah, I don't. I, I I don't remember disliking it, but like to be honest with you, it never really stuck with me like some of your other records did. You know, I, interesting. Uh, That's well. That was the last album where we stopped trying to do it for the fans and started okay, yeah. just doing what makes us <laughs> do what makes us happy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you say yourself released it. You you started that. Is it Modern Short Stories? The the label you kind of put together and released it on. I mean, yeah. did you have it? I mean, what what was was there any big ambitions for that, or was it just you know really just kind of release your own <clears throat> you know and you know my my exploration and years through music it's like every couple years there's a new obsession that like you learn a whole new a whole new part of it i had my my booking years i had my web design years i've had my audio production years and i had my record label years and right, you know okay. each each soiree you kind of learn about what you like and what you what you don't like and what i what i really what i really liked about it was working with the different artists and the different the different songs and the marketing and and, and whatnot but the um the like I, I i love the behind the scenes like on the on the production side and the preparing side but then when it came to the to the sales side i loved it once the songs were out there but i i we didn't have the infrastructure and the the dollars to you know keep it to keep it going and i think eventually got more into audio production and the label kind of went the went the wayside but worked on you know had had a pretty cool had a pretty cool catalog and you know the way i look at it is modern short stories is basically like the community the bigger community outside of punchline it's still to this day is like an active community just all of us working together on different things okay so i mean i guess after uh, uh just say yes and delightfully please you had a 
bit of a, a break was that your kind of back to college break i mean what was the what was the situation so we did um we did that ep so nice to meet you uh, after yeah. after delightfully pleased and that was with mark mccluskey and that was that was our first time working with mark mccluskey who then basically became our producer for the next for this last decade and so nice to meet you was a five song ep that had mm-hmm. the song universe yeah, on it which is like a big song for you ever since really is right it? right yeah yeah that that's basically i would say that's become like our big our biggest yeah. song we always it... play that last right um, right right and i remember i don't know which one of you guys had on facebook at the time maybe it was chris but like he was like really pushing that ep when it was released and i think quite successfully like it got in like i think it got like in the itunes top 10 or something because it like, did it did a, yeah you were really getting your fans behind it yeah that uh, was really that cool. was a that was one of the craziest moments in punchline for for right. sure we um you know this the whole thing was transitioning from uh you know cds were dead by that point yeah. itunes was the rage but you know also just trading music and mp3s and stealing music also was all the rage you know wasn't you know basically if you were spending you were spending money on music because you loved it not because you had you had to um and he made this note that somewhat spoke to that that was basically like if you care about our band like we need your support with this with this release or we can't we can't do it and I think the the way that the note read was like really split the crowd down down the middle, including myself. I woke up and like saw this on the internet, this note that he had wrote, and I called him and was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" <laughs> and he explained it to me more poignantly than you know. And once he gave me the the the, the TLDR. I was like, well, you need to you need to get on video and explain yourself that that way, and and then he did that, did this like follow up video to this note, and just our fan base got got so behind it and bought the shit out of it, and it, it broke the top ten on on iTunes. We made a lot of new fans from that, and I have like a screenshot of our album being you know, the top three were like of rock were like punchline then the beatles and then metallica <laughs> it was only three days i imagine the beatles are still on the charts but um yeah yeah that was that was uh that was a pretty a pretty wild a wild time on our on our ride and i mean how have you changed uh, obviously those you talked about those early years were just mad touring wise i mean as you've kind of the band's progressed and you know you released this two years have you changed obviously you're doing less now but how do you kind of how how do you how did you change and how you decide kind of what you do from like a touring perspective and i guess where are the other where are the other guys at now in terms of their lives outside of the band and how how it all fits fits in together right right so um To pick back up on the story and just kind of like lead into that, you know, yeah, yeah. after So Nice to Meet You, I moved to Nashville for, for many, many years and was doing the audio production thing and um, kind of took a took the longest break to date from, from Punchline. And we 
we we made an album in 2016 that was just me and Chris, and it's called it's called Thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like making that the release of that album was what kind of sparked this new chapter of Punchline, which we've been in totally. for the last five five years, I would say, with the same mm-hmm. with the same lineup. And when I moved back to Pittsburgh and we started to make Lion, which was the album after Thrilled, our first album yeah. with with Trevor, our guitar player, um, <clears throat> that was kind of like. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this again. It's been it's been years. Let's you know. Let's see. Let's see what we can do. You know, with every album you make, you want to you want to do it as big as you can. But I mean, really, for us, like a band who's been around this long at this point, man, I want the records. Like I'm gonna die, and I want I want to know that the records are out there. Like that is that is the absolute le- like legacy type type yeah. thing for me is the is the is the songs but with lion we toured with we we toured with the jim blossoms and we toured with less than jake and we did a headlining tour um with uh this band the stolen and uh that was the most touring that we that we had done in in five or six years um which was which was which was pretty neat and so i feel like we toured our last album you know, harder than the, than the two before, before right. that. Um, cause I, and it, it's just an ebb and flow of like growing up and starting families and, you know, do yeah. and, and living and living life. But the new songs, they bring you back, baby. Um, but what's everybody else doing? Uh, Corey, um, well, Chris, Chris is, you might've heard Chris on Chris to makes podcast. He's yeah, the producer. Yeah, of course. Oh, of Krista yeah. makes a podcast and yeah, yeah. very much a voice on that on that podcast yeah. but so he does podcast producing and he does a lot of animation and he's chris chris is chris he's a very <laughs> chris is a character um, yeah the, the, he has it's the one hit wonder podcast that for him as well yeah yeah one hit yeah. one hit thunder um one hit that, thunder even yeah 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 it's a great podcast yeah. they go through uh one they go through one hit wonders and yeah. figure out was it a one hit was it one hit thunder or was it a one hit blunder <laughs> yeah no it's really fun i don't know if it, i don't know if you know that nick but it's, it, it's cool particularly if it's like a, a song that you're a fan of i love the nine days episode of that it was really cool oh nice nice yeah and chris plays plays in some other bands he okay. actually has a band called another cheetah that is with the the it's the lineup from punchline minus me <laughs> plus oh, right, okay. plus two other guys Right. Okay. Um, but it's all good. I'm going to see them play tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and oh, nice, Corey, nice. our drummer, Corey's been with us since he's been with us about 11 or 12 years since Delightfully Pleased was his okay was his first album, and he plays drums in another band called Lakeview, and he does. We all do like side production work um you know various recording efforts like he does he does session drumming brilliant drummer if you need somebody to play drums on your songs look him up Corey miro and trevor our guitar player he is a has another band called the end of america and he does producing as well and he is a stay-at-home father and he's a wonderful man but yeah, we're all kind of like in the position, you know, we're, we're 
next year is our 25th year and we can't we gotta we gotta honor that so we're gonna have a new record and we're gonna mm -hmm. have we're gonna have as many happenings as we can while awesome. still remaining happy sane people and it's gonna it's gonna be great it's it feels like it's it's you know years like we're in right now can feel frustrating when you're spending all the time making the stuff and it feels like it might never see the light of day um but next year is 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 the year the year for us and later this year okay any ambitions do you think to get get across to europe again at some point yeah yeah absolutely um we're trying to plant some seeds plant some seeds for that and i would love to you know we've never done we've only done the uk so i would love oh, okay. to do really elsewhere okay. elsewhere europe yeah yeah was was the U was it only that MXPX tour that you did, or did you do more UK tours? We did another tour with Weedus that was, oh, that was, was that, um, a year before yeah. that. Yeah, I forget that tour used to have a name. I feel like and it, oh, the Good to Go tour. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was almost going to say the Get Go, but no, that was uh, Chris Messi right. band that you were touring with. Yeah, on the yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Hey, that thing that you mentioned earlier, I guess that's that's part of our uh, discography almost. But after Lion, we made this thing called the Punchline Music Special, which is basically yeah, right, right. an hour long. You know, it's not a documentary. It's not a live show. It's a, it's a music special. And it's mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime or it's on our, our, our website. But I hope you check it out. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Well, I think nice. we've, done, we've done the journey, haven't we now? So I'm just looking at the notes we've got here and there's just random notes, which I yeah. don't like. Chris has made them, so I don't really, I can't make sense. There's one note that says Snowy Owl on the cover of Thrilled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was just looking, I mean, there, there's more prominent questions I want to ask. Uh, you know, I mean, we will not keep you too much longer, Steve, but there's more prominent questions I want to ask right. ahead of that. But yeah, I, did, I, did, I was just re-listening to Thrilled and I saw, oh, that's a cool album cover <laughs> i right. just wanted to ask how that came about uh we <laughs> we were on tour somewhere driving in like the middle of the night i was driving we were in vermont and out of nowhere i just see something like lobbing out like into my into view mm -hmm. and fall and hit our van okay so just like oh, this wow. like and it was a snowy owl and it got stuck just so just like this owl fell i don't know if it was dead when it started falling or if it died on impact but fell and hit the front of our van and got stuck in the grill of the van so like this thing comes hits the van and there's just like a wing sticking up over the i couldn't tell it was an owl i just knew it was a bird of some kind yeah, sticking yeah. up you know over the van so we we pull over and when we stopped the van, it like fell off and we get out and we're like, that's a snowy owl. Like, and we looked it up and it was very rare. And I think we said, yeah. I feel like this is on a podcast. This is on like an old podcast. It happened while we were doing the podcast or something. Oh, and right. um, so the snowy owl, we thrilled was the, that was a little tribute to that owl. Oh, nice. But the album nice. cover was by, uh, our friend Brendan Walter, who is the guitar player in the band Valencia, and he's music video and album cover uh, maker extraordinaire for lots oh, of cool, lots of yeah, lots of bands. 
Oh, nice. We've had we've had Shane on the show speaking of Valencia. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, very cool. That's guy. sweet. Very Shane, cool. I love Shane. Yeah, 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 he was very cool. Um, oh, uh, I I mean, I should have stopped you on Thirty Seven Everywhere. I'm sure you probably get asked this a lot, but like, I know the album was called Thirty Seven Everywhere because the number thirty seven is allegedly everywhere. Like, is that something that you still still notice or like? I don't feel like it has thing as, much you the, still? Uh, as much of the, the eerie feeling to it so much yeah. as it's become just like, you know, such a part of our of our community that it's of like, course. you know, of if course. I see you and you have a 37 written on your arm, like, I know you're my people. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you my weird little 37 story that came we'll out hear it. hearing why that album was called that. So I was telling my friends one weekend because it was around the time that album was out and Oh, like I saw a, a cool blog post about why it's called that's because number 37 is everywhere. And my friend said, oh, that's weird because he had like Sanskrit tattoos. And like, if you look at it, you could just see the number 37 throughout it. And you're like, oh, OK, that's kind of that's cool. That's a bit weird. And then like the next day, I was just re- thinking about that conversation again. I was looking. I thought, oh, I wonder if I can see any 37s in my own ink or my own arm. And I look down, and I'm going to see if you can see this on the camera. One sec. And the first thing I see is, can you hang on? Can you see that? Three and a seven. Yeah. Upside down yeah. seven. Uh, yeah, because that—that's his first time. That's just upside down. But when I looked down, and that was the first thing I saw, and I was like, oh, okay, Whoa. that is kind of weird, you know? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. What other notes you got? Oh, one thing I, de- I did want to ask is um, we, uh, we had um, that, that guy Moon who's in Goldfinger recently and I think you commented on our post and you were just like, because we were talking about Feldman with him, you were like, oh yeah, I got a cool Feldman story. Yeah, like you mentioned. I don't know if it was cool. I don't know if it's a cool story. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. Maybe not cool. In- interesting. Maybe not cool. Cool right. is the wrong word. Um, right. Yeah, you mentioned like a friend of yours who was working with him and then... The riff that right they... can i mean a... we can we can cut oh, this yeah. out if it's awkward or whatever but um which right. you, which which band was was this that was i wouldn't say what band it was but basically okay. a friend's band wrote with him worked on a song and nothing came of of that but then like the riff yeah. from that song appeared on another another release you know yeah not like within you know the next couple months or something and it was just like so close like come on man like you know one 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 of those deals but i don't i i don't i don't know the guy and all i know is that he said we didn't move around on stage enough to work with us <laughs> really? <laughs> i'm like i'm like i can't do it back i'm like i can't do a backflip yeah <laughs> Oh, interesting, uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like an interesting guy. I mean, you know, I don't want to talk down on him or whatever. I'd love to have him on the show, and I love a lot of his work. But, like, right, know, right. I, I hear interesting stories about We've him. We've heard right. a lot of, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, differing stories, haven't we, over the, from our guests that have kind of crossed paths with him. And, yeah, yeah it's definitely um Yeah. I mean, one. yeah, no, we should stress not all bad. You know, like, Moon loves him. Mike Carrera loves him. You know, so it's not... But, yeah, it's interesting. Nice. I mean, I... You know, he's made some of the some of my favorite sounding ear candy, you know, rock rock records. 
and yeah. I give give him that like massive massive Goldfinger fan. I don't know the guy. I would like I would like to, um, and I would be curious to see what he would do with Punchline. But also, he seems mm-hmm. really intense. We try to keep it chill around here. Yeah, right. definitely intense. I think is the word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that we that we hear a lot. Yeah. Um, moving on to something slightly less intense. Um, your uh, Punchline Pets project. Yeah. What's the what's the stitch stitch with that one? We were animal lovers, and we um, we were working with this animal uh, rescue place outside of Pittsburgh called TJ's Hideaway uh, for for some time, and we just thought it would be fun to have our fans send us pictures of their pets because who doesn't want to send show you pictures of their pets? So it was just a fun a fun thing. Chris edited together some, you know, pictures and videos of people with, uh, you know, you know, their pet pets collage to our songs and what and whatnot. But um, if you're looking for, you know, 3000 or so pictures of pets, if you need an archive, I'm your guy. <laughs> I think you just go on my my photo album. I've got plenty of. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was our slow. It was our sneaky step into the uh, pet pet photo licensing animal photo <laughs> licensing game. Chris, have you got anything left on this? These random notes on the end. I'm not sure where the Man City type badge comments come from. What's what's that all about? Oh yeah, yeah, like that, 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 that. I, you know, I feel like it was when you were on tour with, like, well, one of your many tours with Less Than Jake, and I think it was one with Cali Massey and Mess. Maybe we've used it a few times, but like, like the 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 badge right. look like our the drummer, Ma- the Man City badge. Yes, like, yeah, our drummer is that intentional. Uh, a Man City, huge, okay. huge Man City fan. I don't speak sports, but that is boy he, loves soccer. I, I mean, is he a kind of long, yeah. long-time Man City fan? Or is yeah, he more of a yeah. recent Saudi Arabian no, money, long, money fan? Long, long time, and he wakes Fair up, enough. you know, er, super enough. early on on weekends to, or whenever they are to watch to watch the games. Like and do, and he sleeps in. Like, well, he doesn't sleep in. He just doesn't get up. He doesn't get up old man early. <laughs> But for the games, he will. Steve, I'm conscious we've been going like an hour, so I reckon Nick. Maybe I see you've put some like sort of quick fire questions. Maybe we could just finish with those, yeah. and then we'll let you get on with your Friday, Steve. If, if that's for sure. if that's cool with you. Um. So first one, dream tour, dead or alive. As well, you can have a couple of two or three bands <laughs> on your dream tour. Uh, Beatles, Strokes, Jenny Lewis. Okay. Uh, dream Rider. Ooh, lots of vegetables, lots of nuts, lots of uh, <laughs> uh, lots of healthy. I really like healthy snacks and juice. <laughs> what are, what am I missing here? Al- I, alcohol? No, I, that's okay. I mean, Croy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. I guess it links into this one nicely. Yeah, so we got answer. food heaven and food hell. That's the next one. Yeah. Okay. Food. Food heaven is everything I just named. Vegetables. Um, and food hell is bread and, oh, and really? sugar. Yeah. I have a strong aversion to bread them, so I don't eat. Sugar. So I don't eat them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I eat like a bird. That's oh, that's healthy, man. It's healthy. Makes um, me feel good. Uh, I eat pizza and I just want to go to <laughs> <What>? sleep. <laughs> 
Uh, favorite all-time TV show or, or current favorite TV, sh- TV show? Uh, Sopranos and The Wire. And that is all. Okay, yeah. good. Um, a couple more. So, um, movie soundtrack you put a punchline song on? Ooh. Like past movie or future movie? <laughs> Past movie, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. We used to have we we had one manager that we would ask him to get on, try to get us on soundtracks that were already out as like a joke. You know, we'd be like, "You got to get us on the Zoolander soundtrack." He's like, "I don't know what you mean. That movie came out like a year ago. How am I gonna?" Uh, any uh, Tom? I saw you did a riff on that in in the music oh, music okay. special, didn't nice. you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom, uh, a Tom Hanks movie. It would be nice to be to be on a soundtrack to him assuming it's a nice movie which he's a nice man so it probably will be that's true <laughs> um and then finally we've got um just what what's your favorite punchline album or ep favorite album uh i'm really i'm still obsessed with lion our last our last album um but if i <clears throat> You know, I have like a favorite song on every album, I would probably say, like Action, it's just getting started and 37 everywhere. It's Flashlight and just just say yes, Ghosty, I really like. Um Delightfully Pleased, I love Roller Coaster Smoke, the song about that TV show Lost. Um but uh Lion overall and the new one. I'm a, that's that's the favorite awesome we look forward to that coming out yeah if you, i mean just on that have you got a kind of target date month kind of in mind in terms of like the new release uh probably like spring spring summer 2022 yeah yeah okay so we'll come back on yeah sounds good man so yeah 100 percent up for that nice nice uh, if anybody else i have a side note, project yeah. called blue of colors it's like a Oh, blue color. A solo yeah. thing. If um, then I'm going to be putting out some new music for that. If anybody wants to lend their ears and hear and hear the little more indie rock side of what I have, what I have to bring. Yeah, I'd love for you to check that out. Yeah, sorry we didn't talk about. No that. worries. Yeah, like no um, worries. I saw I saw you just released like a remix of one of the. Yeah, songs yeah, and it. I just I have because the, the album's from a few years ago now. That's right, it? that's right. But I've got a new one, a new one that's almost finished. That um, I'm working with Charlie from Miniature Tigers is producing, and okay. it's uh, it's pretty pretty exciting. Nice, a lot of stuff. I got a new side project too, with um. Do you guys know the band Bright and Early or the High Court? I don't know if you remember them. Um, me, I know, I know Bright and Early. Nice, nice. Me and John, JB, the singer, and Heath from Midtown and Senses Fail. Oh yeah, he, yeah, and and yeah, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Cena. right? Yeah. And and our and our buddy Carl Strum, amazing guitar player. Uh, we've got a new project that we're working on. We haven't said anything about it. Haven't said the name. We're just working on tunes, but it is—it's super cool. I'm super excited about it. So, hoping. Oh, that sounds that sounds. Yeah, fun. been working on like 30 songs that I got to finish before I die, so they can come out and be all these all this new all this new music. I'm not dying. Not not any more than you. No. Unless oh. there's something I don't know, and yeah. I hope there isn't. No, no. Well, yeah. Neither do I. So it's, we're all good. We're all good. 
good. Good. Yeah, you guys look healthy. Ish. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> With, yeah. With all things considered at the moment, yeah, we're doing pretty pretty fucking well. Yeah. 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 Nice. That's good. <laughs> Who are your favorite favorite bands? Nick, do you want to go first? Um, I mean, I've kind of, I mean, I've kind of spanned across genres kind of since the the pop punk heyday. But yeah, MXPX are definitely up there in that in that genre as, yeah, one of my favorite nice. bands. Um, but That's you know, awesome. I like I like listening to a lot of like soul and disco and stuff now as well. So cool. Um, a lot of older stuff. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, I'd say my my bit my big favorites from the pop punk world: MXPX and Good Charlotte. Uh, I, Social Distortion, I uh, one of my favorites, nice. and Sa- Sam Cooke to throw in another genre. Nice. I love that. greatest singer of all time. That's awesome, man. And you guys know that band Duran Jones and the Indications? Is that what it's called? They're they're a soul band. That was one of the last bands I saw before the uh, oh I'm before not the sure world shut down. Look up Duran Jones. Um, excellent, okay, excellent band. Uh, very nice, definitely. Well, very cool. What do you guys think about like the new, the new pop punk or like people keep saying like pop punk's back. I'm like, is it? Yeah. I, d- defi- I don't know. Definitely coming uh, at, a, at, a, at a different angle, isn't it? And it's kind of got this kind of contemporary spin, spin on it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Sure. I mean, and there's all, all, all these people emulating the way Machine Gun Kelly sings on that, on his record. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I, I think it's kind of cool. Right. I think it's, a bit different from from what we were getting 15 years ago and it's getting a lot of young people into it and stuff like i don't know if you know this guy kenny hoopla was we're supposed to speak to him next month and he's like just done an album with travis barker and like i don't know i think i i i find it kind of interesting i don't like all of it but like i like that it's happening what what do you think about it all Uh, i don't really pay pay so much attention i mean i said i i checked out machine gun kelly and like i'm like i mean it's cool to hear guitars in in songs and see like people play guitars on saturday night live and for the for the musical act i mean i think the styles are always gonna ebb and flow um and to me like the is the song good you know and i feel like i didn't love the machine gun kelly like songs didn't really didn't really grab me didn't go back and yeah. and revisit it but that like olivia rodriguez or rodrigo uh rodrigo, rodrigo. Yeah. yeah she was on snl one of the last like episodes of the season her second song yeah. like i mean the band was like full you know full rock band and that was kind of kind of yeah, cool yeah. to see somebody i mean like this you know there were plenty of guitars and whatnot on snl this past season the strokes were fantastic and perfect I will say, but uh, right. you know, to hear her do that and something that's like a little more mainstream, it's cool. I'm happy to see, happy to see guitars. Yeah, I just don't yeah, think I. Agree. I, I agree. People were like, "Man, like it's all electronic and pop music." I'm like, I know like a hundred indie rock, like DIY indie rock bands in Pittsburgh who like aren't that at all. I just don't think people like are looking hard enough to find the pocket you want is out there your dream band is yeah out exactly. there it is mind-blowing how much is out there you just may not have found it yet it's like every scene now has split off and every little tangent is going to go off in its own direction and create like its own its yeah, own pocket yeah. it's not like it's one thing and then it evolves into this thing and then it goes to this it's just like 
Yeah, and I think the way the way people consume music's changed so much now, isn't it? And ac- accessibility for for people and for younger people like getting into music, it's right. It's so different to, to back in the day when you know we were growing up, and you almost kind of gravi- you had to gravitate to a genre because you know you'd have to spend your money on CDs or whatever. So you know you would you would almost kind of stick to a genre, whereas now right. People growing up in music and uh, it's so accessible, isn't it? And to 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 move around genres and to experience different different things. So, yeah, I, I feel again, like yeah. Go no, on. go on. I was just going to say that I think that's what's driving maybe some of you know these new artists and I guess the the Machine Gun Kelly and you know the Kenny Hooplers who are kind of coming from a bit of a um, kind of urban side into you know into the from the rap and the hip hop into kind of you know pop punk i don't know right who knows i think it's fascinating that i I miss riding in cars with people and hearing what they'll put on and you know it's a long car ride you have to sit with it you know you can't change it and i'm like you know me and all my friends we're all obsessed with music and like i have my people i share music with but there is there's like not you would think that now there's so much more music and good, therefore good music that now there will be so much more sharing of good music. And it doesn't seem to be the case. I feel like I maybe get sent three songs a week, you know, like, you know, a friend texting, like you got to check out this song or like you check out this song. And And that's only stuff that like, it's an established, like that's just what we do is like, you know, trade music links and like, yeah. Where's the music sharing? You know? Well, we go on for you. Go and check out a band called The Love Breakers, a song called Fam- Family Man, right after this podcast. And there you go. We're, we're, sharing, the, we're sharing the love there. Chris is now nice. managing that yeah, band. Not- um, who started off as guests on our show after we kind of kind of fell in love cool. with, just stumbled, stumbled across something. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, we obviously like we're, we're really into them. They're kind of uh, very British sounding. Okay. Uh, kind of like... You know, it's like The Clash meets Tom Petty, but they're, they're just great songs. Nice. And uh, they're kind of doing a lot of things. And as Nick says, I've started working with them, which has been a been a fun adventure. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, Love Breakers, one word. Love break. Appreciate the plug there, Nick. Very cool. Love, love, break- love Breakers. Yeah, that's it. Very yeah. cool. But, yeah, I think um, we can probably, uh, on that note, uh, wrap this up. Um, yeah, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Absolutely. For, thanks for, thanks for having me. Giving us your time. Yeah, I appreciate being here. Cool. We look forward to hearing, hearing that new stuff when it's when it's ready. Yeah, it's yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can hook it up. Yeah. Maybe get you and Chris on when the record's out or something. Cool. That, that might be fun. Cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. It's a it's it's going to be great. I'm really excited for. It. I can't wait for everybody to uh, to hear the new the new thing. Thanks a lot, nice. guys. Cool. Thanks yeah. for joining us, man. All right. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any, anywhere like that. Um, also, check us out on social media. If you, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like or a follow on any of those. And also, we love hearing from listeners as well. So, um, feel free anytime to drop us an email at the wasting time podcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well but um yeah we'll catch you next time for you to arrive